Hi everyone, this is JC, and I'd just like to introduce this 2013 telethon episode that we did for Child's Play. This was the third telethon episode that we did, and we were joined by uh, Mark McDonald from 84Play. So this uh, nestles nicely between episodes 29 and 30, and uh, yeah, we had a great time talking about lots of cool topics, and right at the beginning, we're actually joined by uh, Johnny Metz from uh, RFN. He uh, joined us for the first uh, 15 minutes or so. So yeah, let's uh, get to the episode and uh, stick around to the end uh, for some additional information. Okay then, let's get to it. said i'm danny i'm from the famicast as you probably all know and we're getting other guys uh coming in here just right now so you know we got kind of a well i hope a fun and kind of busy show for you guys today we are going to have some chances to uh win some prizes i have some really cool um like these nintendo themed playing cards that i want to give away and i'm going to kind of talk about that a little bit more and, and a little bit you know a little bit later into this show but it's like a, there's a Mario theme set. It's kind of like based on this 8-bit, uh, you know, 8-bit Mario stuff. There's a Zelda uh, set. Um, and there's a Kirby set, too. And I'm just going to be giving those away for free. Um, I remember during the live Famicast in the summertime, I felt like a real asshole. Because I remember we had one guy call in, and we were doing, like, questions, and he didn't get it right. And I felt just like an ass just for not being able to get him a prize. So, anyways, everybody that gets the chance to call in, well, at least the first three people can get a prize for free or nothing. So anyway, so with that, I think we'd go ahead and maybe start doing introductions. Is everybody here? Yeah. Yes. Okay. James Charlton is not here yet, but we'll go ahead and just kind of kick things off anyways. So like I said, I'm Danny, and joining me here today, too, a very special guest from 8-4 is Mr. Mark McDonald, the gaming Jesus, here to save us all. Hello. I'm awake. <laughs> so- Good, yeah, I thought I was going to have some problems this morning myself, but hey, I got up like an hour and a half early. There's James. Hey, hey. <laughs> James, and this uh, our very own family father, founder of the NWR Japanese podcast, uh, James Charlton. Hey, hey, you're up with JC and the D-Dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or something like that. And James is here to troll us all, so that's going to be it's fun. It's 9 a.m., what do you expect? <laughs> exactly. And uh, also here joining us for a little bit, too, is Mr. Jonathan Metz, podcast extraordinaire. Oh, what's up, dudes? I mainly I asked Danny if I could be on here because I wanted to, like, hero worship Mark McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Mark, I, I wanted to talk to you because I've never gotten a chance to talk to you on this thing. And uh, I see you, like, every year at E3, and I'm always not sure if I should go talk to you because – you and I know like probably a hundred people in common, but I've yeah. never actually met you or been introduced to you in person. So I'm always like kind of weird about it. But oh I, man, yeah. I yeah. wanted to talk to you on the podcast so that next time I see you, I have an excuse to go and just like meet you in person. Yeah, no, <laughs> don't, don't, not, 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 not when I'm in public. 
That's I'm too important for that. Um, so like, <laughs> I'll, I'll find you like behind dark corner and we'll, we'll, I'll shake your hand there. I'm far uh, too but, important to, you know, be embarrassed in public like that. I don't do signings and no, of course, man. Yeah, definitely. Like, and that goes for any of the listeners too. Like I, 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 I always, I get a kick out of, you know, finally meeting people who I know on the net or, or even who just listen to the podcast or anything at, at E3. That's half, you know, half the reason I go there anymore. So yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, I will do that. And also wanted to be the one millionth person to beg eight, four to please uh, try to localize dragon quest seven. For- <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to go for mother three. You're just going to settle for dragon quest seven. I feel a- like dragon quest is very doable. I mean, you guys have, <laughs> you, did, you guys did dragon quest five and six on DS and those are very good. And I played through those and, uh, uh, you know, Dragon Quest Seven is the only, well, other than Ten, which you know, I, I don't know if we'll ever get a chance for that one. But Seven is the only mainline Dragon Quest game I haven't played, and uh, yeah. I would love to. I'd love to play the 3DS version. So I'm hoping someone, hopefully you guys, will be uh, will will be able to bring it over next year because I want to play it real bad. Yeah, and I mean, it's uh, it's from all accounts like I'm not really a big the Dragon Quest expert. That's John uh, John Riccardi, um, uh, but. But from all accounts, I know that that game is, like, really amazing, especially after, like, something like it takes 30 hours or something for the job system to actually kick in, which has to be some kind of record for a game's major system to not happen for that long. But another thing about that game that most people know is that the localization, for, like, a lot of reasons, the the PlayStation version uh, of it was just not... Uh, really fantastic, not up to the rest of the series, I think, which Dragon Quest um, had kind of a rebirth um, and as far as localization, like just after that with 8, yeah, yeah. which was amazing. Eight, so 8 is fantastic. I actually remember very, very briefly playing the E3 2000 demo of uh, Dragon Quest 7 on PlayStation. That was the like the last year there were N64 and PlayStation games alongside Dreamcast that year. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and I was there with like the the NXPR guy, and he knew nothing about it. And it was just it was why did you guys even show up with this? It was such a disaster. <laughs> yeah. So well, yeah. And on on seven, I mean that that I hope to God that they're doing it. Um, and uh, and yeah, don't beg me, beg Square. <laughs> yeah. Let let Square know because um, I know that. Um, that John would, I mean, we just, we want, we hope somebody's doing it, but um, if, if we would do it, I know that John would, would absolutely go crazy. Same with 10. Like, um, uh, I hope somebody is uh, working on that, but um, John would absolutely love to do that. So um, yeah, yeah, here's hoping. You you guys are my pick for sure, but I'll, I'll I'll stop bugging you about it now. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Um, actually, yeah, Dragon Quest Seven really great. I have a 3DS version, a lot of fun, and I have not got to the job system thing yet. <laughs> oh, there you <laughs> go. Like it. So uh, I thought first we could kind of kick off uh, the discussion here with, well, a, a new 3DS game came out. Of, well, a lot of new 3DS games came out, but uh, one in particular that I'm pretty fond of. And I think maybe some of us here have maybe played uh, some of the games in this series, I hope. Um, 
And that would be the Band Brothers series that started out on the DS. It was like an internally developed uh, Nintendo rhythm game. And, um, yeah, this one's called Band Brothers P, 3DS. Uh, tons of songs. Lots Is that of, the letter uh, P or the word P-E-E? The letter, <laughs> the letter P. Oh. Yeah, not, not as in urine. Um, but um, <clears throat> have you guys, has any of you got this? James, I know you haven't. Hey, how can you? Yeah, well, <laughs> I know you're, you're you're like taking like you know a leave of absence from playing games <laughs> from everything, stuff. everything <laughs> fun. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, don't, I don't have it. I have I've watched the the Chibi Nintendo Direct if that counts. <laughs> yeah, hey, sure. Uh, well, have anybody any of you guys ever played any of these games in this series before? Yes, I, I have played the first Band Brothers like back in the day. Okay, because, yeah, I, I'm the same man. Like, I think the first time I came to Japan, like, 2006, I remember, you know, hearing all about this game on the Internet, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm in Japan. Oh, my God, there it is on the shelf. And, you know, I just had to have it. And, it's, you know, it's really cool. You're basically, for listeners out there that don't know, uh, basically there's all sorts of different instruments that you're playing. And um, the older games, you're using, like, the uh, buttons and stuff like that to uh, – you know, kind of go along with the beat. So it's kind of like Guitar Hero-y before Guitar Hero was really a thing. And um, The interface actually kind of looks like the music composer in Mario Paint. Yeah, yeah. But, it, but sure. it's, it's, I mean, you know, like you're playing along with a song more like a Guitar Hero, like you said, but um, you have to use all these different buttons on the mm-hmm. on the DS. So it's like, it's. I played a, a, the download version of it because like, the, the, the original DS game had a you know like single card multiplayer you could have a i think eight people downloaded or something like that and the cool it was a really cool idea because you could all pick different instruments and all play together and collaborate on the song yeah um, and uh, and my friend uh typ brought it to e3 one year and we tried to do it in the hotel room and it didn't go that well because most of us had never played it before and the interface is just not really straightforward um mm-hmm. and uh, and you know there's no tutorial or anything when you download that version so I didn't get the best first impression of it, but you know, by all accounts, it's really high quality. It's also like I think maybe the only DS game that came with an optional GBA cartridge expansion pack with extra yes. songs, which is mm-hmm. so weird. But I that love it. That is crazy. Yeah. Well, and it almost came out. There's a lot of weird things about this, right? Like I remember because I was back in the press. I used to work at uh, at OneUp.com, and uh, when the D- before the DS launched, Nintendo had an event. And um, I know they had some events where, it, and it did end up coming out in Europe. Um, they had some events where this was playable, so it was must have been planned for the uh, for the North American market, the, the DS original. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it was actually. I think it was on some release lists, and then it just never came out. But it was so this, it was out in Europe. And it was very easy to import. The original was a DS game, right? Right. Even though right. it's completely like button. It's a button input game, right? Which is which is kind of weird. But like, I, I was looking on Wikipedia, and apparently, it was originally a Game Boy Color game, Whoa. originally developed for a Game Boy Color. <laughs> I saw that I, too. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I don't know how I don't know how accurate uh, Wikipedia is. I mean, it's never wrong, right? <laughs> but um, like it says here, like TGS two thousand one, it was um, being shown off as a Game Boy Color game under the name Game Boy Music. But that seems really weird because Nintendo don't even go to TGS, so I don't know how accurate that is. But take that with a grain of salt. But yeah, but the fact that there's no touch input is kind of weird, right? I mean, you would expect that for a DS game, but 
I think that goes to show it probably was a, a Game Boy or a GBA game at one point, and then they just kind of flipped it over to the DS, which is what they did, you know, back in the early DS uh, life. You know, that's what they did. Well, right? It's a DS game secret, like that. My secret shame is that most of my favorite DS games don't use the touchscreen. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yes. Apart from Kirby. Right. That was good. I do like her. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like the the 3D of the 3DS, right? It's like yeah. it's, no, I it's like there, it. but it's technically there, but games aren't like you know making making you use it, not forcing you to use it. At least, anyway. well, they can't. They definitely can't make you use it now. There's the 2DS. Right <laughs> there, you go. But yeah, I'm not, I've never played any of these games, but I've always kind of been really into it, interested in it because, like, like uh, Johnny mentioned before, that expansion cartridge was just so crazy out there, just like you know, 64 DD style crazy add-on type shit there. Well, it was That's in the days like... before you could download extra content, right? So right. there just there wasn't a better distribution method. So rather than do a full-up sequel uh, that had more stuff in it, they said, well, why don't we just so release crazy. $20, probably, yeah. it was probably about $30 equivalent, I, I, uh, yeah, like game GBA cartridge. And, and the cartridge itself like wouldn't play in a GBA. I mean, it's probably the only other than like maybe the DS rumble pack that came with Metroid pinball. I think it was one of the only GBA cartridges that didn't actually work in a GBA. It was only for DS. Yeah. Well, and how crazy, yeah, because eventually, of course, as we all know, they would get rid of that yeah. slot. So, um, yeah. And so I, I, I don't know. So if you guys all, um, with, with P, the thing, you were talking about the weird expansion system. With P, it seems like the, the new one for 3DS, it seems like there's the way that the DLC works with that is kind of weird, too. Um, you guys know, does, who knows about this tomato system? Maybe somebody can explain it to me. <laughs> yeah, what? I can, I, Sorry, what now? So this is, this is kind of a weird thing. And, um, uh, oh, Jesus, hold on a second. Um, basically, you, when you get the game, you have access to like 100 tomatoes. And tomatoes in a game work as currency. And, you know, so it's like, you know, you can get like one song is like one tomato. And let's say you go through all of your 100 tomatoes, you've downloaded 100 songs, and you're like, well, shit, I want to get some more songs. Uh, they have some, basically a way that you can, like, hooks into the eShop where you can pay for more tomatoes so that you can buy songs. <laughs> but oh, then at really? the same time, at the same time, these tomatoes, I mean, because they're tomatoes. Here's the crazy part. They obviously they go, they go bad. <laughs> <laughs> After, like... I think it was after five months, you, you have to use these. And, like, the color on them starts to, like, change, like, in, in like, your tomato hoard or whatever. And they'll start to, yeah, if you don't use them, then you're just totally screwed. So I hope you don't drop, like, you know, 30 bucks on some toma tomatoes, forget about them, and then you'll be like, oh, shit, all that. I, I also heard if the tomato goes really bad and it goes black and, like, you're really disgusting, then you can only yeah. buy J-pop songs with it. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Nice. There's your first J-pop troll of the day. <laughs> like, how crazy is it to have... I mean, this, to me, is a new idea. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't follow every, um, you know, crappy free-to-play iPhone <laughs> game. But if, if somebody else has come up with a method by which you buy an in-game currency that actually goes bad, that, that, mm. that evaporates, and you don't get your money back. Like, I haven't heard of it before. So I, I, 
Has, have you guys seen this in any other games or heard about it's very, doing this? It's very weird, right? It's very anti-Nintendo. I mean, they've been against these kind of like, you know, in-app purchase type things or like, you know, DLC. They're kind of very, they've been very dubious about that kind of thing. And then they go ahead and do like the worst thing ever. That's just like so weird, like money which expires. It's like, so I, gonna... I, yeah. yeah. I, well, you I, know, they had a really bizarre DLC uh scheme for the last band brothers game on ds the, not the first not the original but the sequel that was on ds and it had a really strange system where i think it could only uh I'm, I'm going back to vague memories of the european release but i think you could only download a certain number of songs and it wasn't enough to uh get everything and you could not you weren't allowed to delete them so like you could only hold let's say 50 songs downloaded but there were like 100 or 200 available on the store and so like every time you bought one that's one slot that you can never get back yeah there were so all these were... weird uh things i think part uh, and, and there are with this game too as far as like transferring songs and, and stuff like that um but i i think one thing that might have been that the problem with that one at least that the most listeners probably don't know about is um is is jazz rack um the Japanese recording industry um, conglomerate or what have you that basically has the most ridiculous, insane rules um, (laughs) that people still have to follow here in Japan um, that absolutely has really ruined a lot of stuff as far as digital music and stuff like that, or or at least kept it back um, for a while now. So I think you have to jump through weird hoops on, on account of that organization. Um, <laughs> they're not yeah. that smart are they because you know you can't you can't <laughs> rank games in japan because you know they're too cop- they're too easy to copy but you know music you know you can rent those you can rent cds because <laughs> they're impossible to copy <laughs> right right god <laughs> yeah let's yeah, not open it's... that kind of worms <laughs> 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 silly but yeah, I mean, as for, you know, Band Brothers P, uh, you know, they have, you know, the same type of things. And, you know, the, the big thing about this game is about playing with other people. And th- I, this game is freaking phenomenal when it comes to giving you options to do that. Because, I mean, like the original, you can play, like, local multiplayer with up to, this time, like, 10 people. And you can also play online with up to 10 people as well. And... You know, I I was kind of hesitant going in because I was thinking, well, crap, like maybe this is going to be, you know, laggy or, you know, something like that. But it was was just completely perfect from everything that I could tell and all my experiences I played online. And, you know, you're playing online with like 10 people and stuff like that. Yeah, working working with Todd Hitch. Can't Um, you also like update, you upload your song, like your voice singing a song as your singer or something and other people can can download that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because like when you first start out the game, it makes you take a picture of your face, and then it like puts it onto like some character, and then you have to record like a voice sample of you saying like la 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 or some shit, and that's how it like kind of gets or determines your vocaloid voice, and yeah, you can, I, I'm a, I guess I haven't really explored all this stuff too much creating crap because it's it's not really into that but um yeah i'm pretty sure that's something that you can do you can create your own stuff you can add your own little character you know singing and stuff and other people can see that um we're not, gonna like, see, uh, we're not going to see you on the japanese music chart soon i Danny. you might i might be starting making some songs like today later I, and i have tomorrow off so hey what the hell <laughs> um yeah, no, it's just it's an extremely well put together package. Some weird stuff, you know, with the tomatoes 
and all that crap. It's 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 a little bit confusing at first, but I mean, I think after you kind of just like look into it a little bit more, it's really not that bad. It's just kind of like really these things go bad. Fuck you. <laughs> I, I wonder if um, if Nintendo America will bring it uh, out in the states. Um, they haven't said definitively one way or the other. I'm guessing, right? Yeah, I haven't heard anything. Um, well, considering the other one didn't, right? It's uh, not looking good. <laughs> the other one didn't. Actually, but I at feel the same like with time, 3DS, it, though, they they've yeah. been pretty proactive about releasing things. Uh, you know, thing, the, the same things that come out in Europe usually come out in America, other than Inazuma Eleven, maybe. But I mean, <laughs> most things do, and I'd say I, I'd say it's a toss up. You know, I mean, the the series does the franchise doesn't have a history here, but at the same time, it's you know, unusual, it's new, it's fresh, it has a cool style to it, and, uh, you know, if they can work out the licensing stuff, that's probably the biggest issue, but I feel like, eh, there's a there's a good possibility of it. Well, if they if they cut back on the amount of songs and just make it an eShop title for, like, mm-hmm. you know, th- you know for $30 or something like that, I could see that happening. That'd be cool, yeah. Yeah, they, they have said, you know, that they are trying to do, that they have games before when they've left them in uh, America, or uh, Japan, and uh, in Europe in the past, that they're trying to bring them out, so, um, yeah, I mean, I think All that right. there's, a, a, if they can, I think it's the music licensing, right? Like, if they can get those amazing songs that they got for Donkey <laughs> Konga, like, uh, you know, Happy, Bur- <laughs> Happy Birthday, and Row, Row, Row Your Boat, um, <laughs> Please tell me they had Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. <laughs> I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. They had all the hits Sold. on that one. <laughs> Actually, while we're on the topic of uh, music, Johnny, I've got a little quiz for you here. Well, I, know you're a music, you're, I know you're a music guy. Yeah. Um, you, you have a podcast about music, right? Yeah, I mean, okay. we play stuff like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and Row 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 Your Boat. <laughs> okay, I'm going to read out six J- um, J-pop group um, t- uh Group titles, right? And you have to tell me which one I made up, okay? Oh, we, no. Okay, we have. Uh, Mark and, and Danny, don't give any hints by laughing okay. or something. Um, here we go. Bump of Chicken, Kinky Kids, Spits with a Z, Orange Range, Porno Graffiti, and Mr. Children. Mr. Children? <laughs> Come on. Which one did I make up? I think they're all real. Sekai, which means correct. <laughs> nice, well done. Well done, Mr. Well done. Children. Oh Mr. my god. Children. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I think that's a group of like three guys and a, a woman or something like that. It's just a little bit weird. No anyway. children? Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, it's entirely yeah, it's like genre of music. <laughs> it's ma- ma- men, children, man, man, childs. Yeah. Anyway, next topic, Danny. <laughs> Another thing I kind of wanted to talk about briefly, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we had a live Famicast in the summertime, and I talked about this game then, and uh, I was going to review it, and I didn't, but I have it all down in my head. 
Um, <laughs> anyway, it's, it's a game called, uh, the Japanese title is Sayonara Umihara Kawase. And I guess the company who uh, developed the game, Agatsuma Entertainment, they were pitching the game at like E3 to different uh, publishers and stuff like that. And uh, just a couple of weeks ago, they... I, you know, read on the internet that Natsume is going to actually be publishing the game and sometime in 2014. Is this um, the Ninja 2D, 2D platformer? This, okay, okay. This is the a, yo-yo game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It looks like you have a yo-yo. Oh, like Star Tropics. I, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's really cool. It's kind of, you know, it's, it's a platformer and most of the levels are really short, but it's... You know, at first you're just using like essentially this yo-yo, which is like, like it's a fishing rod actually, and you're ah, using it. Right. Yeah, it's, it's dude, <laughs> it looks exactly like a yo-yo. <laughs> but um, you're using it to like grapple on different things and kind of you know make your way to other platforms. And at first it's you know pretty straightforward, but then it starts getting like really ridiculous where you gotta like really think about like the game's physics and stuff like that and how you're going to be like bouncing all over the place and time stuff just right so you can get enough like propulsion to launch yourself up and around i mean it's it's freaking crazy it sounds and, a little like bionic commando yeah i mean it's kind of i guess like that in a way uh, you're pushing um, my buttons man <laughs> it's it's I, a very cool game it is a very very i mean it was very it was it was famous on the uh actually so there was a super nintendo game and then there was a PlayStation game, yep, yep. and then there was uh, the compilation, I guess, which is both plus some extra stuff. Yeah, cause like I guess I think there are maybe a couple on the PSP, and then there's one that came out on DS. And I, I've heard that uh, the yeah. PlayStation version and like the PSP versions aren't really that great. Like I don't know exactly what's wrong, but they're kind of lauded as just being something that's not as good as the original, but apparently the, the DS one really kind of put things back into being good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'd seen this at like a Nintendo direct, like in the spring and I was like, that looks really interesting. And you know, it was like 50 bucks. I was like, mm, fuck it. And just bought it and really enjoyed it. It was a really cool game. Um, but yeah, anyways, I think all of you out there should definitely be on the lookout for that. It's probably not going to be fifty bucks, so <laughs> it's probably not going to be called Sayonara, whatever oh, yeah. the hell you said either. Yeah, sorry. the The official name is going to be Yumi's Odd Odyssey, is uh, okay. what they're going to be calling this. So, um, but anyway, get Lord yeah. Lanning on that shit. You know, co-marketing and uh, you know, add it to the uh, the Abe's Odyssey quintology or whatever they call that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I think here pretty soon we're going to try to take a couple of different calls from you guys out there. Um, if you have any questions for us or if you want to just win one of these cool uh, Nintendo decks of cards that you could only get in Japan uh, unless you have some kind of special way to do it otherwise. Um, hey, is anyone buying that Mahjong set, by the way? I have yeah, actually, that is, something, that is something I, I wanted to just to bring up because, yeah... <laughs> 200 bucks yeah a, a couple oh, of weeks shit. ago nintendo announced that they're going to be releasing a new like mahjong set uh here in japan it's coming out on november 29th i think the price for it is yeah basically 200 bucks like eighteen thousand nine hundred yen you know that's perfect timing because my, my old set just wore out so oh, there you go <laughs> um 
but apparently, well, obviously, as you know, I mean, Nintendo started out as like, you know, a playing card company. So, and then, you know, moved into like toys and other things before the crazy weird shit they did in like the 60s and whatnot. But um, <laughs> they've consistently been selling this stuff, you know, for decades and decades and decades. Hmm. And, you know, after seeing that this set came out, I wrote up a story for NWR and I was like, man, well, what other crap do they got? And on the Japanese website, they have, you know, a section for, you know, other products. And I went there and was kind of just amazed by what all kind of stuff that they have. Um, so, I mean, they have, like, tons and tons of cool stuff. I mean, obviously playing cards, just plain playing cards, character player cards, uh, Mahjong. I mean, tons and tons of shit. And it's just really fascinating to see, like, how much of this crap that they're still selling here in Japan. I mean, some of these things, like, I've seen go as high, well, selling like retail for like as high as like a thousand dollars for like some of these boards. But um, anyways, my whole point to this is I'm actually writing up a, a feature about Nintendo's like other product lines and stuff like that that they sell outside of video games, and um, it's I'm planning to get that up maybe sometime later this week. So uh, you know, you guys out there listening can see what kind of other weird stuff Nintendo sells. So. Well, what my question is, like, is this a plan to save the company? Is this, like, financial <laughs> desperation to the stockholders? Yeah, I don't think so. It's like, I mean, they've, been, they've been selling this stuff for a while, and I, I, I think I read in the product description that, I mean, from Mahjong, I think they've been doing Mahjong since, like, 1964, and this is just, like, a kind of like a revamp with, like, higher quality material and stuff like that for it. But, yeah, maybe it is saving company. Because everyone wants They didn't do this to appease the stockholders. This is specifically made for the stockholders because they're all 89 year old men. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Um, so I don't know the first thing about Mahjong. And so I'm going to drop off the call, guys. Uh, <laughs> but it was very fun to talk to you guys. JC, I haven't talked to you in forever. So yeah, man, I'm good to hear your guys. voice. And uh, I just want to say that. Uh, among you know all the donors and the special guests and everybody else we've had uh, involved today, I want to thank the internet for making it possible for me to talk to three dudes I've never met in Japan, a country I've never been to. And, <laughs> and it went pretty smoothly. So I thought that was great, and uh, thank you guys very much. Yeah, thanks, cool. Johnny. See you later, man. Later. Okay, so, so we're going to get some kind of color on there? Yeah, it looks like we have Daniel available Ooh. right now. Daniel, are you there? Yes, can you hear me? Yeah, Holy I can hear you, man. Crap, yes, we can hear you. <laughs> All right. If you don't, if you don't uh, remember me, I was the guy from the last live stream who didn't like Super Mario 64 and who didn't win a prize, so I've been slowly building my hate for the Famicast. So. <laughs> Good, as you should, as you should, my friend. Man, I'm serious. I've been thinking about this for, like, months. I was thinking, oh, my God. And I was like, maybe I'll try to get a hold of this guy. And then I was like, I don't know how I could even do that. <laughs> but anyways, you're here now, so you can, like, win a prize. So like I said, we have three different sets of these Nintendo playing cards. They're pretty rad. Um, you know, uh, maybe you can get with Carl here after the call and, you know, choose one. But like I said, we have a Mario uh, set. It's, like, based on, like, this 8-bit, like, artwork and stuff like that. Uh, there's a Zelda set. It has, like... Basically, for each different suit, there are, like, different themes for, like, the uh, Zelda games, like Legend of Zelda, Wind Waker, Skyward Sword, Ocarina of Time. And then there's a Kirby set as well. Um, they're all pretty cool. And, um, nice. yeah, man. So definitely, yeah, choose one of those, and I will rectify this horrible, horrible mistake. <laughs> so, Daniel, do you have a question, or you just want those I'm, lovely prizes for free? I have, I have a question right now. It's about 
what people might consider to be the Citizen Kane of video games called Monster Hunter. And let's talk about how awesome that series is. Mm -hmm. So your question is, how awesome is the awesome Monster Hunter? Yes. <laughs> okay, well, I think Mark is the guy to ask that question to. Yeah, I could, uh, <laughs> the answer is very, very awesome. Very um, awesome, there you go. No, yeah, like, um, it's cool now. It's it's kind of a, well, it is. It's a Nintendo series for all intents and purposes um, in the West. Um, they have a game coming out now on uh, on Vita and some other systems that's basically the PC game that's only ever come out in Japan. But for all intents and purposes, um, console-wise, going strong on uh, on the Nintendo systems. 4 is out here in Japan. I don't think that's been announced for the West either. Um, the last couple games, or I guess not the last couple games, but um, the ultimate versions of the last couple games have come out. Um, no, I guess it was 3G came out as three, uh, as Ultimate and uh, Try came out as Try. And, um, and yeah, they're really hard to get into games. The series is very uh, punishing and there's a steep learning curve at the start. I don't make any uh, bones about that, but kind of uh, like anything else, you know, you put a lot of work into it. It kind of it pays off later on uh, with just this really super deep, uh, rewarding gameplay and uh, loot. It's just ridiculously loot heavy kind of game. Um, and playing online with your friends and you see somebody decked out or like with a really badass weapon and you're just like, wow, how did you get that? Like, or you can just tell that somebody is wearing like a suit of armor from a really tough monster and you're like, wow, that guy is a badass. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of fun moments, a lot of really great multiplayer things. And, um, and yeah, people who haven't tried it, the most recent one is the most beginner friendly. So hopefully um, uh, it'll continue doing the last couple have done pretty well in America. Nothing like they have been in Japan where it's just like a huge phenomenon here. Um, it's basically like their call of duty, uh, as we like to say, but, but yeah, that's so, Mark, I, I have a question just to play devil's advocate. Cause um, I haven't really played any of these games, but, um, <clears throat> you know, a game like, let's say final fantasy 13 got absolutely slated in the reviews for, for quote unquote, you know, taking 10 hours to, you know, get started kind of thing. Yeah. So like but games like, you know, dark souls and uh, monster hunter, they kind of get, I wouldn't say like a free pass, but like, you know, people are more forgiving of that huge um, kind of mountain that people have to climb right. to, to get to get into it. Like, do you think, why is that? Is that because Monster Hunter is kind of open-ended and you can kind of play it forever? It's, there's no end to it, like a Final Fantasy game or like, why well, do you think that is? No, I think the difference <laughs> is, is that those games are, the reason it takes 10 hours in Dark Souls or Monster Hunter to, for the game to really get started is just because, the game is the game. It's just there. It takes you 10 hours to learn and adjust to right. it. Whereas in Final Fantasy 13, it's drip feeding you, you know, tiny little morsels. It, it, it's, right. it's got the training wheels on super um, heavy at the start. And so it's almost just like, why is this not, the story is not becoming interesting and, and it's a Final Fantasy game. <laughs> where there's no reason right. for that to happen, right? So there's not, like, a good reason for it, whereas I feel like in those other games, it's the game 
playing on its own terms and it's that time is what it takes you to kind of adapt and learn. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's, that's just something I've always wondered, you know, lots, lots yeah. of games, you know, have the kind of takes, you know, a shit ton of time to get into kind of thing thrown at them, but you know, well, everybody has their yeah. own, yeah, everybody has their own threshold and I don't blame anyone. I have so many friends who now play it, who had tried it before and were like, you know what? I played it for three hours, four hours, whatever. <laughs> 10 hours isn't even the magic number. Sometimes it takes people <laughs> longer than that. Sometimes it's shorter, but I have so many friends who did that, and then finally, they one time they stuck with it. And this happened with me with Dark Souls, actually. It's funny you bring that up. And once I got over the hump, it was boom. It was addicted immediately, but but was ready to throw the game away before I got over that hump. So, Well, if you, if you ever want to talk about the first hour of uh, every single Monster Hunter game, Danny is your man. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Seriously, I, I'm 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 just like that. I just get to a point, and I'm just like, man, I, I know if I keep putting more time into this, I'll get it, but I just don't have the patience to get there. <laughs> you know, yep. totally understand. Well, Were you playing? Have you played multiplayer ever? Um, I I did on PSP with like a friend once, and it was fun. Well, and <laughs> that's what you need. You need somebody who is. I mean, people who go those ten hours alone are like blow me away. That that really surprises me. But what you need, and I think the reason why the game does so well in Japan is, you know, you need your senpai, you need your mm-hmm. your friend who knows the game, who is also it's actually really fun and enjoyable to bring somebody up in the game. So you need somebody who's going to show you the ropes, who's going to explain things to you that the game doesn't, um, who's going to do all that stuff. Also kind of like Dark Souls, right? Like a lot of people put it down and then they go on the net and they watch a video or they read something and they're like, oh, shit, okay, I didn't know you could backstab. Okay, let's try this again. Or, you know, that's what you, that's what you need to at least give it a shot. I, I still can't guarantee that it, that you'll get over that curve because I, I, I just I don't think it's for everybody. Um, but if, if you're wondering why maybe um, you really just can't understand it at all, that might be part of it. If I can chime in real quick. Please, yeah. Um, I think the reason why Danny hasn't really gotten very far is because he's played the PSP games. And was it pre <laughs> nine Freedom Series? Because those games are just there's just something else where the monsters are broken. Like that, those games are just uh, so many <laughs> wastes hours on plenty of three hours. Just him just hip checking me when I'm like 30 feet away. Those games are not the best part of that series. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, th- thankfully, actually I played 3ds version a little bit more, but yeah, with the multiplayer, I've never played multiplayer on the 3ds or, well, I, I think Wii U, I, I did play a little bit of online, and I kept dying, and everyone was just being so nice. It was being like, hey, <laughs> you know, you're not like, you know, in America, fuck you, faggot, you suck, or whatever, you know. And, yeah, the Japanese so. players are so ridiculously generous, and, I mean, they, they really love helping people out in, in general, to speak in general. And I've had... Pretty good experience. You you have to go in America. You have to be in the right section. But if you find the right, you know, you have to be in the I need help. I'm a beginner section. But if you do that and there is that section, people are usually pretty good about it. Um, when you get when you get to the more advanced stuff, people kind of do rarely rare more. 
it's more nice than like a Halo or a Call of Duty community by far, just because it's yeah, it's nature co-op and not so competitive. But yeah, people, me included, will get a little pissed if you <laughs> if you're playing stupid and get and get killed three times. Um, Mark, I just got done listening to your um, podcast um, about oh, the fighting sorry. game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking about the fighting game community and you know similar kind of things, you know. People yeah, are just like cra crazy nice compared to you know in the in, right. in the Western countries, you know. Super supportive, yeah. It, it, People it, telling it, each other moves like, "Oh, you should do this move like this." It's like, come on, you're not going to hear that <laughs> outside of Japan, are you? Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's something that I've definitely noticed here with all online games, not just Monster Hunter. Um, I mean, it was that way with Fantasy Star Online back in the day, um, and I don't play too many MMOs here I, I played no mmos here recently but um but definitely people are just polite uh to a fault online here in general which is just r real amazing compared to kind of what happened with uh with a lot of people on xbox live as that wore on it just seemed to get worse and worse but yeah um well, well, I... with xbox one <laughs> all, all the racists will just disappear yes it'll be fine it'll be fine well, so, uh, yeah, um, Daniel. Did we have a question for Daniel, or does he just get a prize for asking no, a question? No, just gets a prize. I'm just awesome. cutting out all the bullshit. So, yeah, Daniel. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, just you know, after you hang up here, um, go ahead and talk to Carl, and you know, go ahead and go ahead and choose one of those prizes. Like I said, there's three different uh, sets. Carl can kind of remind you of what they are. Um, but yeah, man, thanks for coming on, and thanks for not hating me forever. <laughs> if you still do, hey, that's fine. I don't care. Well, I do care. Like, don't please don't hate me. All right, uh, I don't hate you. You're a cool okay. guy. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Congratulations, a winner is you. <laughs> yeah, awesome. All right, thanks, man. Thanks. See you We're going to go ahead and bring Ty onto the call. Ty, um, long-time uh, staffer on uh, Planet GameCube back in the day, and uh, he's also uh, one of the co-hosts on the Famicast right now. And if Ty would go ahead and come in, that would be great. Ty is actually really into fighting games. And, yeah, Mark, so I just listened to a little bit, you know, of the latest A4 play, and um, I started hearing about, you know, uh, what is it, uh, Final Round Bats? Is the yes. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Ty, Ty goes like all the time. Oh, um, very cool. Yeah, so he. Wish you, wish yeah. You. He, yeah. Uh, hey guys. Hey. hey. I heard yeah. you were talking about fighting games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. like the, this like alarm started going off in my house, and told me <laughs> to get on the internet. The bat signal went out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The commissioner called me on the red phone. <laughs> right on. So, yeah, you were talking about final round bats. I do go every month. It's pretty awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I got to get out there one of these times. I promised Scott I would uh, I would get out there, and I would promise to myself. It just seems like it always falls on a weekend where I got something going on. But uh, but yeah, from all accounts, a really good time. 
It's were you there, were you there when the strippers were you there when the strippers were dancing <laughs> yeah, on people's laps and making them cry? <laughs> <laughs> Video games. Oh, I was there this one time. They they had it at this place called Super Deluxe. And yep. on the live stream, they they had this uh setup where you could like uh send money over the internet to buy your favorite players drinks. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, That's and it awesome. would print out this receipt and you could just grab it and go up to the bar and get yourself a drink that someone in Cucamonga paid for. <laughs> That's amazing. So did did it work? Did it, people do it? Yeah, people did it. That's awesome. Awesome. Did you get any drinks? No. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> could, could you donate like, you know, $100 for like a lap dance or something? Or for your, fav- <laughs> for your favorite uh, Street Fighter 4 player? <laughs> um yes but probably not from a pretty girl <laughs> oh good lord um, uh one other thing i kind of wanted to talk about before we close out the show here and also too if you're listening uh if you want to give us a call in you can have a chance to win a prize um that'd be cool for you um but another thing I kind of want to talk about here in Japan, I know they had the Wii U report card earlier on in the um, uh, in the podcast, but I kind of wanted to talk about the status of... Wait, I missed that. Just a quick recap. What, what did it get? What, what report? Did it get the letter okay, grade? Uh, or? Yeah, yeah, letter <laughs> grades. Um, yeah, they were giving the Wii U letter grades. I listened to it. I mean, it was like, you know, two or three in the morning, and then I like went to bed. I don't even remember if I listened to all of it. Um, <clears throat> um, I'm getting a, I'm getting a, a something in my ear. You got an F. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't wasn't doing so good. F um, minus. I mean, they, yeah, they, they broke it down yes. into categories. You know, like first party releases, marketing, okay. and stuff like that. And I, I don't think we're going to go like that into detail. But from what I remember and what I listened to, I'm pretty sure they didn't talk about like the Japan side of things. And uh, that's mm. you know definitely one thing that I wanted to talk about here. Um, so, yeah, I was kind of checking out, you know, Gaff, looking at the most recent sales and stuff like that. And, um, you know, one thing that did happen late last month with the Wii U here in Japan, there is a new bundle that's available. Uh, there are, like, two different ones. It comes with, like, the premium Wii U, 32-gigabyte one, new Super Mario Bros. U, Wii Party U, and, like, a Wiimote. And then there's another one that comes with all that stuff and Wii Fit. And, you know, they're pretty reasonably priced. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a good... It seemed like a good bundle to try to get people to buy the Wii. And I think after the first week, yeah, I saw a spike in sales because sales were like, you know, 2,000 units a week. It was just like fucking god-awful. Right. Yeah. And then it and, went up to like-ish thousand, right? It, so, well, basically, yeah, think, yeah. <clears throat> so basically we need to talk about what the hell can Nintendo do to improve the Wii U in Japan, right? Exactly. If they can do, if they can do anything, right? So... My idea was, I mean, <laughs> looking at the data you just you just sent me down, like the Wii U has got the same life to date sales as the 360 at the moment, <laughs> which you know that can't be good, right? <laughs> um, but you know, honestly, I'm I'm not trolling here. I honestly think the the karaoke thing is a huge thing, and I really oh. wish they'd push that more. Like, I mean. You, if you wanted to buy like a super expensive, like you know, karaoke box, it's like you know, it's going to set you back like twenty thousand yen, right? Probably more, right? Yeah. And and later, you know, you got to pay up for for songs on top of that, right? 
So, you know, if then push that, like, you know, this is like, you know, include the microphone and just like really like heavily TV advertised that karaoke thing. I think that could be huge. I mean, it's not too late. I think, you know, this uh, new year season, yep. which, um, which is coming up, you know, a lot of people spend time with their families, you know, you know, grandma's over, you know, the drunk uncle is over, everyone's there. <laughs> No, it's the perfect time to, you know, whip out the karaoke machine, right? And then, you know, you've got a karaoke machine that also plays Mario for the, you know, the little kids in the in the house, you know, and you've got, and you can also play all this other stuff, right? Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I think I mean, we should I, really go ahead with that. I think, you know, if for, for people who don't know, it's not uncommon here in Japan for for a family to have uh, their own dedicated electronic karaoke machine box like you would see if you've ever gone to karaoke like that except just a home version that hooks up to your tv and some of them use the internet some of them didn't back in the day but you know like you're saying they range anywhere from you know uh, a few hundred bucks up to a few thousand bucks and you're right like when we first saw that feature all of us at a4 were like oh my god this is brilliant like not it's just it's just an extra add-on plus it has you know, it could have all the social functions um, that that the Wii U has. All you can see, you know, what your friends are singing. Maybe they're going to do that kind of stuff, and um, you know, contests and rankings, and like the the amount of stuff that you could do to improve upon that idea, while like you say, keeping the cost really low, um, just seems like it has so much potential. And you know, I think you're right. I think uh, they need it needs to be pushed in terms of TV. It's almost been, from my perspective, invisible um, yeah. since launch, which uh, which is a surprise. And I, mean, I the, the Wii U in yeah. general, or just the karaoke no, the, bit? the karaoke function, right? Yeah, functioning of the Wii U, right? Because right, it, right. it has this whole system that people probably don't know about too, where it actually does have that here in Japan. It's just, yeah, they don't. Uh, it, doesn't, it. it comes pre-installed, right? It's, it's right. straight there. Yeah. Right? Actually, yeah. I, I believe with this, with these two sets, they actually come with like a thirty-day ticket, so you can have like thirty days worth of free songs. But I, right. I mean, I, I, they have like a little emblem on the box. But I mean, it's, I mean, they they need to really pimp it out a little bit more than just that. I think I think that will you know that will move the needle a little bit. I think really what what basically has to what they need is what we don't know is is kind of <laughs> the, the paradox I feel because. Because, you know, what they're going to do, what, we, what I know that they're going to do, is they're going to keep, you know, bringing out great games like Super Mario 3D World, like Wind Waker HD. There'll be a new Zelda. Hopefully there'll be a new Metroid. There'll be more Marios. There'll be, you know, some kind of Pokemon something. There's going to be the, the franchise games are going to start finally coming out as there's been more time. There's going to be more, better games. However, I think what you run the risk of... Um, is becoming like another GameCube, right? Where it's like, I mean, and don't get me wrong, GameCube has some amazing, some of my favorite games ever. However, sure. relative to Nintendo systems, sales-wise, it was absolutely a disappointment. It was their right. their least best-selling system. So, and what that system did is it just really provided the franchise, and they had some new great games or whatever. But it did not have a a game that made you think differently about games in, in general and and the system in general like a mario 64 you know what i mean or like um you know ds actually had a few of them um and yeah. ds had like um you know brain training and nintendo dogs and um 
Yeah, I think, they, need, they need those yeah. kind of touch generation type games, right, for Japan. There, there, I don't think, other than karaoke, which, you know, like, like I'm talking like a non-game game, right? Like, they don't really have that other than karaoke um, to, like, get people into it. I mean, Nintendo Land was kind of like, I don't know, kind of a damp squid. It was a, it was right. a kind of a half, it was a half <laughs> no, attempt. Ex- you no, know? exactly. Nintendo Land was like, yeah, it was like a Wii Play, it was like a half-hearted Wii Play for Wii U, but there's been right. nothing that is it, it needs a killer app like it needs a one game can do it too like don't discount the phenomenon of what one game can do it ha- there hasn't been uh, a game like this maybe in a in a generation but like you know your mario 64s or your halos or your games that sells the system by itself did, um, did mario 64 sell the system in japan i mean they, they I haven't think it sold it everywhere didn't it i mean but like I just think back to like the Galaxy sales in Japan, which were just like you know a fraction of the New Super Mario Brothers Wii sales. I mean, right? 3D Mario games do not sell well in Japan. You know, if we're just talking specifically about Japan at the moment, right? Right. I mean, like right. The, the list of games that like you said, like Metroid, you know, that's not going to do shit here. You know, right. um, a 3D Mario world it looks amazing. I think that is a game changer in the West, but no, I in don't Japan, think. Don't get yeah. me wrong, Mario sixty four. <laughs> that's an example of at that time for the N64 sold N64s. You could not bring out a Mario 3D Mario game. But what Mario 64 was, was, oh, it is fully 3D. It needs this new stick. It needs this new system in order to be able to run in 3D. That's why you have to have the new system. What I'm saying they need is they need some game or maybe it's like a weird app slash game or i don't know what it is but it's something that is like here's something you could only do with this separate having a touchpad that has a uh separate touch screen and your tv and the weverse or something that you're only getting this new combination of everything on wii u and this is why you have to buy this new thing rather than oh well the wii u is already sitting in the closet that that could do this. That that could have done this games, and I'm not playing that. So why would I buy this new system? I mean, with a lot of people, that's kind of the prevailing attitude. So yeah. that's why I say, with yeah, they need something that I don't know what it is because it has right. to be a surprise, you know. Do you guys think yeah. that the yeah. uh, do you guys think that the pricing at all is any kind of an issue here in Japan? I mean, like like I said, the, these new bundles they're they're at around like. 32,800 yen so like about 330 mm-hmm. bucks or something and you know um and then when they came out you know the premium sets were just like well, i don't know 300 you know 15 bucks or something like that do you think that's too much or do you think that's even like even a factor in this well japanese people paid 25,000 yen 250 bucks for just the wii without any game at all right yeah, and they, they they went ahead and bought Wii Sports on top of that, right? So I don't think it's too much of an issue. It's just like, yeah, just like Mike was saying, that there's no software that thing. You got people got to think, um, you know, I've got to get that. I mean, if they did sell the basic set for like you know twenty five thousand yen, I don't think that would push it because you know what are you going to get with that, right? You know, you've got to have something that you right. can, okay, I get the system and something, right? You but there's yeah. no and something at the. You yeah, know, the karaoke, I, I think karaoke is yeah. kind of like a cherry on top of something else, <laughs> right? right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And you, I, you I don't buy it, you don't buy right. a twenty five thousand yen karaoke machine, right? <laughs> I, I think it's around that, that 
it's around it's it's close enough to the price where people are used to for a video game system when they want one so i don't i mean anything's going to sell better when it's lower price but i don't think that that's yeah a big holding sticking point um i think people would would happily be would happily pay that if it was something you know that they thought that they wanted or needed yeah so going back to 3D World for a sec, how well do you think that's going to do in Japan? I mean, like I said, the 3D Marios haven't done too well. We already you know, have two 2D Mario games, you know. Yeah, 3D, well 3D, Land, 3D Land did pretty good. I think 3D Land is kind of halfway between new Super Mario Brothers and, uh, you know, the old games. I think people kind of get that. They're less intimidated by it when they see the uh, footage on... TV and stuff, it looks more like the old games that they're that they're used to. But, you know, even the new new Super Mario Brothers games, which which do sell, you know, relatively well, are kind of diminishing returns. Um the first one did absolutely freaking, you know, went bonkers. And then I think they went back to the milk the cow a little bit uh, yeah. too many times. So that was, you know, that didn't really move we use at all. Um yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it'll sell. I think it'll sell well here, like 3D Land did. I don't. It won't sell like it will in the West, where I think it's going to do. Yeah, way better. Yeah, I'm still waiting for the you know the NFC game. You know, come on, we've got to talk. <laughs> we've got to talk about NFC. Yeah, know. maybe it's that. Maybe that's the. Maybe that's they find some yeah. way of that that's actually like really <laughs> cool and you know weird. I, I I don't know you know what it is, but um, that that's been. <laughs> Just, I guess they're just building that Pokemon yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. Reggie dropped some NFC hint the other day, right? And uh, I just, I mean, they've already released that stupid Pokemon Rumble <laughs> U game, which is oh, well, yeah. the yeah. worst thing ever, right? I mean, it, that, that's the first thing you want to show off the NFC capabilities is some shitty little downloaded Pokemon app thing that no one gives a shit about. I mean, yeah, it, they've, got, yeah. they've got Pokemon Treta, right? The, the arcade game, which is an NFC arcade game. And what, what do they do? They make it a 3DS game, which doesn't have an NFC on it. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. why don't they make this massive add-on to clip your 3DS into? I mean, something like that, some, that could get the, you know, the young kids on board. Right. Um, some kind of major collectathon, you know, uh, Skylanders type thing with Pokemons, you know, that's not that shitty thing that they've already done. You know, something better than that. <laughs> yeah, that almost felt like a t- testing the waters. And that, and that goes back to actually yeah. Band Brothers P. I, had a fe- I have a feeling with that that they're doing, they're kind of choosing these side games. Um, I mean, Pokemon is potentially a huge franchise, but that was not a huge game. So they're, cho- they're choosing these kind of smaller things to play around with and experiment before I'm guessing this is me completely guessing before yeah. rolling it out into a major, you know, franchise thing where you're buying things at at every convenience store or whatever, which I, I think is inevitable and coming at some point. But, um, but you yeah, know this, this is, a, this is a random guess here, but you know, there's one guy who loves, you know, adding every single feature of a system into one game and that's Masahiro Sakurai. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Big yep. Smash Brothers is here. I could, I could really you see, you know, yeah, I, little, little. I was figurines. just sitting here quietly, just thinking like Smash Brothers, <laughs> Smash Brothers, you buy, Smash Brothers. You buy your Doctor 
Mario figurine at the 7-Eleven. You put the little figurine on, there you go. You've got an even like yep. the character. Or a cap of Pepsi, like, you know, you get a random, <laughs> you know, they do those Pepsi caps here. How, that would actually be pretty fucking cool, as much as I hate to say it. I would totally get into that, yeah. All of our teeth would be falling out, you know, several <laughs> months after Smash Brothers Wii U gets released. Yeah, that's, I'm that's down. That's the weird thing got, about the, you know, oh, go ahead, Ty. Uh, I got all the Halo points from Mountain Dew. <laughs> I won halitosis. By the way, Ty, I'm totally stealing your um, your Skype icon, which is uh, Mike Hager from Final Fight on the phone. <laughs> that's that's pretty awesome. I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna have to steal yeah, that. Like I had to do that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Smash Brothers NFC figurines coming there to you. Go. Smash Brothers. <laughs> yes. You're welcome, Nintendo. That idea is for free. Yep. <laughs> listening to the podcast. The family You're cast. welcome. <laughs> yeah. So we've got like a few minutes left, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're almost out of time here. Yeah, we are. Um, there, there's something that I wanted to ask Mark, you know, just before we finish up here. Sure. So, um, so Mark. You, oh, sorry. You know? Cut out. Go ahead. Your, your nickname, Gaming Jesus, right? Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> So there are two ideas floating around the internet about why you're called Gaming Jesus. And I just wanted to run them by you and see which okay. one is true. Oh, I'm so not sure first... I want to say which one's true. If, if, if we've gotten to the point where people are theorizing, uh, <laughs> I think that's, that, let me just say up front, the truth is incredibly boring, but, but go okay. ahead. I'm excited to hear the theory. So the, the first theory is um, you took part in a Mario Party tournament and there's a, uh, the Wind Up Fly Guy minigame. You got uh-huh. so caught up in it that you burned two holes in each of your palms. <laughs> and it was, it was like some kind of gaming stigmata. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that one. So that's the first theory. <laughs> um, the, the other theory floating around um, is that you got really into Ultima Online back in the 90s, back in college, and you didn't leave your room for a few months. And you emerged with a massive beard wearing a white sheet, which was actually your curtains. <laughs> And then it's like, oh, it's gaming Jesus. He's emerged from his room. So those See, are two. Those are yeah. way. Those two are way better than the than the, than the truth, which is actually really boring. Which, okay. which is well, it, uh, when I met um, Ben Judd, I actually don't generally shave. I've been lucky enough to have jobs where I don't have to be <laughs> clean shaven since my early twenties. So. Um, <laughs> And I get I get ingrown hairs, so what I do is I buy an electric razor and I use the sideburn trimmer as actually my main shaving thing. And so what that amounts to is basically I have like perma stubble at best and um <laughs> and usually like something a little longer than that. And um and then the second part of it is I let my hair grow generally pretty shaggy. Um and so and so Ben Judd, um, the producer at that time, producer at Capcom who worked on Bionic Commando Rearmed, um, was kind of the guy behind Mighty Number no. Nine. Uh, put that together. He's a he's an agent right now with a place called DDM, um, and we're still friends. He's he lives in Osaka, um, but uh, but great guy. And um, so we've been friends for a long time. And so he was giving me crap coming on their podcast, <laughs> um, just just completely based <laughs> on my appearance. And um, I think you can probably still find it somewhere. It's his top secret podcast. Um, and, 
I gave him crap too. I remember at the time because he he used to have a goatee all the time, still usually does, and um, and uh, I was saying like, well, I probably shouldn't say what I said to him to keep this <laughs> friendly, but anyway, you could go back and find that thing. That is the uh, the origin story of uh, nice. of of gaming Jesus. But I like <laughs> yours way better. I want to I want to hear more of theories. <laughs> Listen, yeah, those crazy me. guys on the internet. What do they make up, bro? <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. Well, guys, it looks like I just wrote five minutes before the start of this podcast. <laughs> there you go. It looks like we're out of time. So, um, Mark, you know, thanks a lot for coming on, man. Always appreciate you, uh, you know, <coughs> excuse me, joining us here every year. And, no. um, Guys, thanks for thanks for asking me, and thanks for everyone for listening. And I, that's so cool, and you guys, how quickly. Uh, you guys met your goal. I think this is so cool that you guys do this uh, stuff every year. So you guys, I mean, it's I'm it's easy for me. I just show up five minutes beforehand, but I know a lot of work. <laughs> a lot of work goes into this. You guys had, you know, notes and everything. You tracked everything down. Everyone was great about reminders and stuff like that. Like you guys run a real awesome operation here. So like, kudos to you guys. Um, you know, from 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 all from everybody from all of us listening. Cool, cool. Thank you so much, um, James. You know, thanks for yeah. You know, Did you tell taking what, what Mike just said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and yes, hi. Thanks for stopping in here, man. My pleasure. Praise hey, the I, sun. Can you stick around for a little while? Yeah. Oh yes, it would be my pleasure. Uh, okay. Because so. I, I just I was telling Danny. I mean, you are shenanigans incarnate. So. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All I'm right, honored. So I guess we're going to go ahead and drop off the call. Uh, you know, okay. thanks a lot, guys. And, uh, cool. Peace out. The show. Thanks, thanks, guys. Thank you, Danny. Until next year. Mm-hmm. Great job, Bye-bye, guys. Everybody. Thank you so much. Okay, and that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. That was the 2013 Telethon episode. And... Uh, Hope you enjoyed it. If you want to follow Mark McDonald on Twitter, he's at Mark McD. And obviously listen to his podcast, uh, 8-4-Play. I'd like to thank him again for joining us on this show. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed the uh, episode. There was lots of interesting talk and uh, predictions of uh, Amiibos before we even knew about Amiibos, which was pretty cool. And uh, and even a kind of a fake or real show before Ty's actual fake or real show came as part of the podcast. So, uh, I'm going to leave you with uh, some more Daigasso Band Brothers music, and I hope you enjoy it. And uh, thanks for subscribing to the Famicast, and I'll see you next time.
we have new game coming out this year. It is titled, We Fuck You. If you thought Skylanders and Disney Infinity was a waste of your cash, you have not seen nothing yet, jackass. <laughs>